know the why human trafficking work is needed to fight for the freedom of modern day slaves. But love, passion, commitment isn't all you need to be an effective and successful anti-trafficking advocate. Learn the how. I'm Dr. Celia Williamson, Director of the Human Trafficking and Social Justice Institute at the University of Toledo. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation podcast, where I'll provide you with the latest and best methods, policy, and practice discussed by experienced experts in the field so that you can cut through the noise, save time, and be about the work of saving lives. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation, episode 133. This week, we dive back in to the survivor's journeys. These are journeys that you travel as somebody who's experienced any type of trauma, particularly from human trafficking, but this type of trauma could be because of previous child abuse, domestic violence, sexual assault, it's all relevant. And today we're talking about the 10th journey. But let me remind you of the previous journeys. You remember journey one was about hope and belief in your recovery. The second journey is all about a courage, courage to assemble your bomb squad. Your bomb squad, remember, is your trauma treatment therapist, maybe your case manager, your NA or AA sponsor, maybe your trauma-focused yoga instructor, those type of folks, those formal support systems that could help you. The third journey was all about self-discovery, learning about your trauma and your trauma symptoms and your triggers. The fourth journey is all about internal safety. The fifth journey is all about external safety, who's around you in your space uh, and keeping that space safe and peaceful. Your sixth journey is all about self-determination and self-examination, looking back through your life to find out how you got to this place. And in no way does that dictate the potential of your future. The seventh journey, all about learning to trust those who are trustworthy. Eighth journey, all about healthy relationships. Ninth journey is about those unspoken commitments that don't benefit you, that we need to reveal and change. Tenth journey today is about self-forgiveness, one of the most important journeys that you can go on as somebody who has survived something traumatic. First of all, when we survive trauma, we feel like a survivor, right? And of course, self-compassion hasn't really been a requirement for survivors, but it's critically needed for thrivers. So as survivors, we experience survivor's guilt. Why did I survive? I shouldn't have made it through. How did I make it through? There's so many people that don't make it through, yet I did. Why? What is my purpose here? We can not only experience guilt, but we can experience shame. What did I do to deserve this? Because I'm trying to make sense of it, and it makes no logical sense. Why did that happen to me? So... And then society doesn't really help us a whole lot when we're experiencing guilt and shame because sometimes they can add to it. And that's called stigma. They can stigmatize us. One of my favorite comments is from Tupac, a former rapper, and he he created a poem called The Rose That Grew From Concrete. 
But in a discussion, he offered this quote. When you become an adult, you have sympathy for everything from animals to whales to fur, everything except us. If you saw a rose that grew out of concrete, even if it had messed up petals and it was a little to the side, you would marvel at just seeing a rose grow through concrete. So why is it that you see some ghetto kid grow out of the dirtiest circumstances, and he can sit across from you and he can make you smile, make you cry, make you laugh. And all you can talk about is his dirty rows and his dirty stems and how he's lean and a little crooked to the side. You can't even see that he came up out of that shit. And that is some of the stigma that some of the professionals have, they wear this lens that they can't see the beauty and the sweetness that that crooked rose, that a little bit hurt rose brings to you. So this stigma encourages us to then feel self-blame and to feel guilt about our own experience. So by the time somebody reaches the pinnacle of the 10th journey, they are ready to go deep inside and practice some self-forgiveness. So so let's look a little more intricately at this guilt and this shame and what you believe you are responsible for. So let's separate out what you're responsible for and what you're not responsible for. So those experiences where you had total control and responsibility for belong to you. Those experiences in which you didn't have power and control or responsibility for are not yours. Those include the experiences you wish you had power over, the experiences you wish you could have controlled and the experiences you feel responsibility for. But without having enough power and control, you couldn't have changed the circumstances or the outcome. So take those off your list. The last one is tricky because you need to remove those experiences in which you had all of the responsibility and accountability for but weren't given the authority to manage the situation. In these situations, you were powerless. So you need to take time to forgive yourself because even though it may have been your responsibility and maybe people even held you accountable, but if you didn't have any real power or control over the situation, you couldn't have changed the outcome. So you can forgive yourself for not, for not possessing the power to have changed the outcome, but it really isn't your fault. In other situations, we lack the emotional strength, knowledge, or intellectual capacity to know better at the time. As Maya Angelou says, when you know better, you do better. 
So there are many ways that people become incapacitated to step in and stop what's happening. Typically, it's because the people in the environment at the time made it seem either normal or almost impossible to stop. Others set the tone and established the rules for behavior in that environment. This isn't an excuse for your behavior or theirs. It's simply putting it into the context of the time. Because everybody would love to judge history based on today's standards, today's environment, and what they know now. But that's not how it was then. In some cases, we were facing a traumatic experience ourselves. And perhaps we were paralyzed by fear and couldn't have done any better than what we did. Whatever the case may be, understanding allows you to accept what happened, feel a level of guilt about it, and then practice self-forgiveness. And understanding why you could have participated in something that you even find despicable now kind of allows you to process through it. We participated because we didn't have the tools to process that it was wrong. We didn't have the capacity and the self-knowledge sometimes and the power to go against the grain. In these cases, you could wish that something could have been different. You can, you can mourn the fact that you wish you would have done something different than what you did or didn't do. But the truth is that you didn't have the emotional strength the intellectual capacity to have done anything different. You can wish you had power and control, but you truly didn't. You can forgive yourself for not having these things. Having been vulnerable or perhaps victimized yourself, you can certainly relate to this. The appropriate thing to do is feel remorse for not having the wherewithal that you now have. But what is unfair to you is to continue to blame yourself for what happened then based on what you know now. That simply isn't fair. If you had an experience where yourself or someone else got hurt or you were emotionally powerless to stop it, forgive yourself. Feeling remorseful about it and wishing it would have been different is appropriate. Grieving it is normal. Feeling guilty even is normal. But being ashamed for something that you lack the capacity to control and can't go back and change today is not healthy. Let's practice grief and remorse. Feeling sad that it happened. That's okay. And may even be a good thing to do for a little while. And let's forgive ourselves because we couldn't have changed what happened. We didn't have the emotional power. We didn't have the intellectual tools, the life lessons, or the capacity. Whatever the case may be, you might even consider writing a letter to yourself and asking yourself, for forgiveness and then burning that letter and putting that to rest, letting those demons go 
So the 10th journey is all about loving and forgiving ourselves and also practicing gratitude and practicing grace. You know, if we're not grateful, we're often entitled. So when you practice gratitude, you're happy to be alive. You're happy that you get to see the sun one more day. You're happy to have food in your belly. You're happy to be able to walk. You're happy to be able to be warm when you need to be warm and to have clothes and all of the simple things that we take for granted, but that we can certainly practice gratitude around. And grace, of course, is offering forgiveness sometimes to people who don't even deserve it. So if you feel you don't even deserve it, that's okay. Offer yourself a little grace. And then try to be conscious and consistent and kind to yourself whenever you can. You know, I'm not the best at this either. I mean, I've had to circle back to people that I've blamed and I've shamed in the past and made my amends. I've had to circle back to myself and forgive myself for things that I lack the capacity to do then. And I like the idea of circling back. It's never too late to circle back. So just think about that. <clears throat> you know, great changes can't be rushed and rush changes aren't that great. So take your time. And when the timing is right, circle back to those people, circle back to yourself and practice forgiveness. The first relationship you have is with yourself. So if you're going to be successful as a friend, as a life partner, then you need to be a good friend to yourself first. When you're feeling shame, identify it. If you did something wrong, give yourself permission to feel guilty about it. If you've done something wrong, make amends by apologizing and making it right. Don't hold on to it, though, so tightly. Don't let it fester and poison inside you. Genuinely apologize. And if it's possible, make it right. If it's not possible, explain. And once you've made amends, let it go and move on. If you feel guilt or shame about something you had or had no control over, work with a therapist or a counselor to work through it and let it go. And then for some of us, we have to practice letting go every time it pops back into our heads. Say a prayer about it and release it time and time again until you're able to permanently let it go. And if you can't permanently let it go, that's okay, too. There used to be a beer commercial years ago. It was uh, for old Milwaukee beer. That's what it was. And they used to say, it doesn't get any better than this. Old Milwaukee, it doesn't get any better than this. That was a tagline. So when you feel like you haven't done enough or been enough or worked hard enough or reflected on the fact enough or forgiven yourself enough or been able to let it go permanently, that's okay. As long as you're able to quiet that guilt, quiet that shame, quiet that voice as much as you can, and then say to yourself, it doesn't get any better than this. This is who I am. 100% 
my full flavored, no diet self. Be your 100% genuine, authentic, flawed self. And that will be okay. When you feel disappointed in yourself, quickly forgive yourself and move forward. The fact of the matter is that most people have strong days and they have weak days. On the strong days, you'll move forward doing the right things and being the person that you can be proud of. So relish in those days because those are the days in which the magic happens. (laughs) Be proud. During the weekdays, take care of yourself. Take good care of your heart and take good care of your feelings. Be a good friend to yourself and take it easy during those days. Do yourself a favor. During these days, don't make demands on yourself. Stay in your safe place. Lick your wounds. Build yourself back up. Do the things you love to do and watch your thoughts during those days. Don't allow your wounds to re-injure you on those days. This is a time of nurturing and building yourself back up. And know that, you know, when you lean into your truth, you feel validated. So don't be afraid to lean into your truth. The best way to be a great anti-trafficking advocate is to be human, to lean into your truth, to be authentic, to even let people know that you're flawed, you struggle. All of those things validate the other people and they give the other people permission to scratch where they itch and to be fully human and to struggle and to triumph and to move on. What I've been talking to you about is called The Survivor's Journey. And it's my next book that will be out soon, along with a workbook for survivors of domestic violence, of human trafficking, of child abuse, of sexual assault, to go through the journeys and discover and recover and heal. So stay tuned for that. There's also associated TNT groups that go along with the Survivor's Journey book. And TNT stands for your truths and transformation. So through understanding your truths, you will experience transformation. So those are the TNT groups. The book is called The Survivor's Journey, along with the workbook. Stay tuned. And I will be talking to you more about where you can get the book and where you can be trained to become a TNT facilitator and get access to the Survivor's Journey groups. So stay tuned. I'll let you know where soon you'll be able to get access to the Survivor's Journey book and workbook and how you can become a trained facilitator of TNT groups. Until next time, the fight continues. Let's not just do something, let's do the best thing. If you like this episode of Emancipation Nation, please subscribe and I'll send you the weekly podcast. Until then, the fight continues.